book of Romans. Uh, somebody handed me a card. I don't know if this is you or not, but there's a Honda car out back, Mark, uh, Mark 16-1, your lights are on. So I don't know if that's you. If you have a Honda and your license plate is Mark 16-1, uh, you might want to go check, make sure your lights get turned on. Uh, Romans chapter uh, 3 is where we're going to begin this morning. Um, so I want to talk to you something that's been kind of on my heart um, and uh, kind of really ask you a question when it comes to what really matters in life. And so if it's um, a lot of different things that we live in in, in our society, in our day and age, uh, where a lot of things are talked about. And so um, what I want to do this morning is I'm going to ask you to take that 3 by 5 card I'm going to ask you to write out the gospel on your 3 by 5 card. And then what we're going to do is we're going to collect all the 3 by 5 cards and I'm going to read them. You do not have to put your name on them. Uh, You don't have to do anything that's going to identify that it's you. But what my concern is, is the Church of the United States of America, I don't believe the majority of the people sitting in a building can write out the gospel. And so, this morning, I'm going to see if the theory that I read, the statistics that I'm aware of and read about, are actually true. So, uh, we're going to give you a time frame. I'm not going to tell you the time frame. So, some of you that are overachievers, you've already started. Go for it. Um, I'm okay with that. Um, But, uh, there's going to be some music playing. You have a 3 by 5 card. Uh, So, go. Write the gospel. You can draw it, you can put verses on it, but I want to see how many of us sitting in the building this morning can write out the gospel in your own words. So here you go. Go.
Okay, your time is getting close. So, uh, I'm going to add a verse or one or two more thoughts, and then we're going to we're going to collect your card. Okay, your time is up. So what that means is we're going to start from the outside and pass your cards to the middle. And then, um, Pastor Adam, would you mind just taking this basket right down? So just pass all your cards to the middle. We get them to the middle, then we're going to collect them and we're going to keep them. So if you're on the edge, uh, we see to work our way to the middle. So bring all your cards uh, to the middle, and then we'll uh, Pastor Adam will walk down this and we'll... Collect all your cards. This should come right here in the begin right here in the middle, then Will can walk right down the center and we'll collect them all. There we go. Perfect. Okay, now if you have uh, your Bible goes me to, to Romans uh, chapter 3. And what's going to be interesting is as you think about what was on your card, I'm going to walk with you kind of how I would present the gospel uh, if I was sitting one-on-one with an individual. Uh, I'm also um, going to share with you what we believe as Bible Fellowship Church family is what, what is the gospel. But in order to do that, I recognize um, that we are living in a really, really strange time in the United States of America. You know that I'm part of a group of pastors that we pray together. And uh, so one of, um, one of the guys uh, took a clip, a picture, and he sent it to us. And we had just been talking on Monday morning uh, kind of doing a recap of Abide 21. What do we think? What are, you, what are some of the concerns? What are things that we can do better? Uh, and so we were just kind of talking about it, and we got a, I got a text message. And it's interesting how churches now in America where you might find a cross is now welcoming in Buddhism. And we'll have a, a service for that so that you can experience what you prefer and so the article actually read attendees can come just for meditation if they prefer you also learn about the pure precepts of buddhism which are the equivalent of the golden rule of avoiding doing harm and doing good for others that's a church in our area Where we move Jesus out and the world in and say, well, you know, let's just be accommodating to everyone. So in order for me to share with you what I want to share with you, I believe what we have is the power to change lives. But it has to come from the Scripture. So as a family, as we gather here this morning, this is who we are as a church. 
We believe the Bible to be the Word of God, both Old and New Testament. That every word is inspired by God and it's inerrant in its original manuscripts. It is the Christian's final authority and faith and conduct. I believe that. I believe the Word of God to be true. And I don't just believe it in a concept. You know, John 3.16, for God so loved me. That's just really awesome. I don't, I don't accept the parts that are my preferences. My goal is, and I will not have this perfect, but my goal is to humble myself to allow the, the Scriptures to be authoritative in my life, not my preference. We're living where, well, you know, you really don't want to say Jesus is the only way you might offend somebody. Well, the Bible says that. Jesus says in John chapter 14, He's the way, the truth, and life. No one gets to His Father except through Him. And so this morning as I, as I kind of go through the Gospel, and you're going to say, you know what, I kind of... You kind of treat me like I'm in the first, gar- first grade kindergarten or first grade Sunday school class. I mean, really. I mean, but you know what's sad is? The statistics in churches in America prove that we do not know what the gospel is. That individuals cannot write out the gospel, give a verse or a thought or what is this thing that we go to church for 25, 30, 40 years and never sit down and say, you defend the gospel to me. You write out your definition of the gospel. So this morning as we do that, I want to read this to you. And I know this is a little bit long, but I want you to see where we are and then we're going to run through the Romans road and you'll get a chance to see the gospel there. We believe that salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is made possible through the shed blood, substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ to all who believe. To all who trust in that. To all who rely upon that. To all who place confidence in that. It's not just some mystical little concept. Oh yeah, well I believe. No, I'm placing my confidence in the cross. That Jesus was the substitute for my death. In Him we receive the, receive the merit of His finished work of atonement and imputed righteousness. The shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ makes possible the forgiveness and justification of the believer, thus making salvation a free gift, not merit or secured by any work, deed, or feeling of man. We believe that eternal death is a result of sin, and both sin and death are universal to man. For one to enter the kingdom of God, he must be saved from eternal death. He must be born again. That is... He must be regenerated and given new life by the Holy Spirit through faith in Christ Jesus. And repentance is a vital part of belief. So let me maybe kind of work our way through that document. Let me start with Romans chapter 3, verse 23. So if you have your Bible, and one of the things that we, as we talk to teenagers or students or whatever... As we go through the gospel, we'll say, okay, start in Romans chapter 3, but next to Romans chapter 3, verse 23, write Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And it'll kind of lead you down this path. So Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Now it's interesting. For all have what? 
Are you calling yourself a sinner this morning? The scriptures are. What about you? Not me. But as I read God's word, and if it's going to be truth and authoritative to me, the scripture is saying to you and I this morning that all have sinned and done what? We've all fallen short. We're all separated. What separated us? Sin. So as we gather as a family this morning, we are all sinners separated from God. Not real exciting. I'm pretty sure you're not going to text message your your friend or your neighbor or your family say, yeah, the preacher called me a sinner today. It was awesome. I never felt so good in my life. But aren't you glad the scriptures don't just leave you in your sin? So Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but God demonstrated his own love towards us and that while we were what? Sinners. Christ died for us. And that while nobody wanted us to be on their team, God said, hey, I've got a plan. And I want to send my best gift. I'll send my son to this earth for... Yeah, here we go. It's going to get really interesting now. For our sin. See, it's really easy to think about the neighborhoods and in Chicago and people in government and our families. Oh, yeah, they're all sinners. Oh, yeah, that person did this. Oh, yeah, they're sinners. Yeah, Christ came for them. No, no, that is true. He did. But who else did Christ come for? Me. You. He died for you. He died for me while I was still messed up. While I still didn't have it together. While I was really going in a totally opposite direction of Him, He said, you know what, I'll die for you. While I was yet sinner, Christ died for me. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life, where? In Christ Jesus our Lord. So now some of us would probably like to get our card back and we'd like to rephrase some things in our card, right? And that's okay. Nobody's mad at you. Nobody's going to call out and say, oh yeah, that's Pastor Todd's card. He really messed it up on this. He should have added two or three verses, okay? I want you to know that I want to spend eternity with you, but eternity is not dependent on your preferences, okay? Eternity is dependent on the truth of God's word and you saying, I, yes, I believe. The verse that I want you to see is Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Romans 10, 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you ever called? Is there a time in your life that said, you know what? I am a sinner. I recognize a sinner. So this is kind of where I kind of like this concept of repentance. I need to realize that I'm a sinner and I'm going in the wrong direction. It's not a work. It's not for me. Oh, look what I've done. Recognize I'm a sinner And say, Jesus, I need you for the forgiveness of my sin. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, if I was going to share the gospel with you, is actually 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's all kind of wrapped up in there. So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Um, 
Let me just read you this, and then I want to, sh- I want to share uh, something with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, For I delivered to you, so Paul's writing to a church at Corinth. For I delivered to you of, you need to circle this word, first importance. There's a lot of other things that are going on in church in Corinth, but Paul wanted to make sure they got this right. There's a lot of other preferences. There's a lot of other things that we can argue about. Don't come knock on my door. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the gospel. I don't care if you got dunked, sprinkled, dunked three times, dunked once. I don't care all those things. That's not where, how I got baptized, I mean, what I'm going to spend eternity. What I did with my sins, I'm deal with eternity. So first importance, what's first importance? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brethren at the same time. There's the gospel right there. Death, burial, resurrection of Christ. That's the gospel. Do you believe it? Have you placed your faith in Christ? Now this is what I find really interesting. I have a friend that's going to come talk to you in just a second. What I find it's exciting is the younger generation is still excited about the gospel. They don't mind really talking about it. But what I can't come to realization yet is, where's the older generation of individuals saying, yep, that's, that's my life. I will live for that. Oh yeah, you might have a business here or there. I've got some really neat friends that are businessmen. But business is really just for them to make some money and have opportunity for somebody to walk in their office and say, let me just tell you about what's going on in my life. It's Jesus. It, the business doesn't define them. The gospel defines them in their business. It's really interesting. So uh, over the years, uh, Hannah and I become you know, friends. We, we have nicknames for each other. I call her Champ. So Hannah Haddon's going to come, gonna come up here and share with you this morning. Um, she doesn't like talking in big crowds, but yet she'll do cheerleading for whoever. So I don't understand what that is. So, um, but I want her to share with you what kind of God kind of used her faith, saying, God, this is what you say. I believe it. And so I'll let her tell you the story. Hi. Um, so about a month ago, I got to go to Pursuit with the church. And um, the whole weekend, we talked about how important it was to go out and tell our friends about Jesus and make sure that everybody that we know has accepted Jesus and knows Jesus so that one day they can see them. And because we never know when our last day on earth is going to be or when their last day on earth is going to be. So you never know when you're going to get the chance to touch somebody's life and change their life. So um, at the end of the weekend, we got these ribbons and we got, we got asked to pick pick a name of one of our friends that may not know who Jesus is and um, write it down on the ribbon. And then in the video at the beginning, um, we got to tie the ribbons on a cross. But they gave us another ribbon to keep with us so that it was a reminder to um, go and tell our friend about Jesus. And they told us that it wasn't a promise to ourselves and it wasn't a promise to our friend, but it was a promise to God that we were going to go and tell our friend about who Jesus was. So um, we come back home and then... On Wednesday night at Olympians, um, when the second grade and fourth grade girls, their PT was out. So I got to fill in. And So hold on. <laughs> so did you hear, she talks fast. Do you hear this? You have a young lady that's come back that once has a ribbon on her arm saying, God, I want to share the gospel. PT is a small group leader for our Olympian program. So if you ever watch our Olympian, or if you ever watch our children's ministry, 
She's in every area of the children's ministry. And not just in every area. If there's an issue, dad says, hey, take care of that issue. And then it's taken care of. But it just so happened that the PT person wasn't available. But Hannah was available. So tell them the story. Um, so that night they were learning about being missionaries and how it's important to go out to the community. And if you uh, see your friends sitting at lunch alone, to go and talk to them and just um, show love to them. And um, eventually God will show you how to present the gospel to them and tell them about Jesus. So um, we got back in our room and I got to talk to them. And I asked some of the girls like if they were scared or um, how they felt about sharing um, Jesus with their friends. And they were, you know, pretty timid about it. And I told them what happened at um, our camp that weekend. And I told them that, it was, that we got challenged to go tell our friends about Jesus and how important it was um, that we reach everybody. Because you don't know if, you know, you could be leaving here and you, you might go meet Jesus. And it's okay because you don't have to be scared because you have Jesus in your heart. But if your friend leaves um, school one day and something happens to them, they may not know Jesus and they might not get to meet Jesus and you might not see your friend again one day. So I told them that it was really important that we touch everybody. And so I found some string and I told them, you know, here's some string. Um, you can be tied on your wrist like me or put it wherever. And um, this is a promise to God that you're going to go and tell your friend about who Jesus is. And so I told them all to pick a friend and um, pray about it and God's going to show you when he wants um, you to tell your friend. God's going to present it to you. He's going to give you the words to say, and he's going to give you the boldness to go out and tell your friend. You're not going to be scared. It's going to be okay. So we, I, I went home, and we, I didn't really have an expectation that they were going to do it, but I, was, I prayed that they would. And so um, the next week, um, a little second grader, Mary-Kate Revel, she's about seven or eight, um, comes running up to me, and she goes, Hannah, I, I told my friend about Jesus. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. We have to go find Miss Dana and tell Miss Dana right now. So we went and found her, and we were like, oh, I was like, go and tell her. And she's like, okay, well, I told my friend about Jesus. And she turned to me, and she goes, I didn't tell you this part, but me and my friend, we went off, and um, I prayed with her, and she accepted Jesus in her heart. So, um, and then yesterday, I told her how awesome it was and that she's going to see her friend one day and that um, she's, her friend's going to know who Jesus is and her friend's going to meet Jesus just like she is. So then yesterday we had our fun day, and she brought her friend to fun day, and um, we had an altar call and like a dedication and um, got to present the gospel again, and her friend came back, and we got to talk to her a little bit more and tell her a little bit more about what she did and how awesome it was that she did that. So we're trying to get her to go to Word of Life camp this summer, so please pray that we'll get her on the bus. Thank you. Good job. I don't believe in coincidences, and I know that we're, we're out of time, but I got a, got a newsletter from SIM. The part, beginning part says, Modern uh, Day Apostle Paul. A gentleman who um, miraculously got saved in the Muslim culture. No longer has a relationship with his family. And all this gentleman would have to do is say, you know, I really don't think this Jesus person is real. And life goes back to normal. But this man 
won't do it. Because he's safe. Because Christ means so much to him now, and the forgiveness of his sins has set him free. You can do whatever you want to do to this man. At this point, he will not walk away from Christ. He will not denounce his faith. But you come to America, and they tell us 15 to 20% of people sitting in a building called church are actually saved. So, something's missing here. So, as you navigate today, is Jesus your Savior? When you sing, when you open up the Scriptures, is there something like you just got to have communication with this Jesus person. It seems like there's a transition going on inside of me to know about God, who God is, which is wonderful for me, but it's like this, I can communicate with Jesus like he's just sitting next to me. Like when I don't have hope, all I have to say is the name Jesus. Like when I'm thinking, you know, you probably shouldn't walk down that road. It's kind of like he's that father figure of my life that I just can't live without. And that's what I want for you. I don't want you to have a religion. I don't want you to go to church. I want you to be part of a family where we're brothers and sisters. And the priority of who we are is Jesus. The hope of our life is found in the cross. And then if there's a time where this building doesn't exist any longer... Because the government says you can't have a church because you're talking about Jesus as the only way to heaven. That we wouldn't run in power. We would just go to our homes and get a couple more family groups together and say, here's the Bible, and we're just going to keep on, keep on. No matter what the world does around us. But see, that takes a relationship. That takes knowing that he died for you and that affects you. That takes you humbling yourself and saying, you know what? I don't have rights. I'm a humble servant of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So as we end our time today, you either know him or you don't. There's not, a, there's not like a little secret way. There's not a specific prayer. This isn't secret. It's really, really simple. That a seven-year-old says, you know what, by faith, I'm going to go talk to my friend. Okay. Cool. Now your friend has hope. Not just forgiveness, hope today. So I want you to pray with me. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to gather as a family and thank you for
this day. But really not this day. Thank you, Father, for asking your son to do the really, really, really difficult task to separate himself from you and die on the cross for me. That was your plan. And your son humbled himself before you and said, okay, Father, if this is what you want to do, so a small group of people on Hammock Road could know you as Father, I'll I'll do that. So a small group of people not can just gather in a building and be comfortable, but be transformed by the love, by the gospel, by forgiveness, by power now living inside of us because of what you did on the cross. You didn't leave us as orphans. You didn't leave us as wannabes. You gave us hope and a purpose. So may we grasp that. Move the gospel forward. Don't bring people from this or that or whatever. Bring people that don't know you so we can introduce them to the gospel, to your son, Jesus Christ. May there be church growth in Highlands County that is true church growth. Unsaved people getting saved. Father, I know you're already doing this in China. We have the Roman family. Keep it going. Protect them. Not just physically, but spiritually. Send them back to their communities in power of the Holy Spirit. Send them back to, to disciple more people as long as the time frame that you have for them. So one or two or three or four or five. The number doesn't matter. But people get saved and people take spiritual growth steps in China. Father, thank you for this day. We love you, Jesus. Your name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.